all of a sudden I got an influx of like Persian men telling me to like die and like telling me like all this shit that when I'm reading it, I'm dying of laughter because I'm like, who is like Mohsin? Like oh my God. Number one, I know. It's like Ercole 459 like thinks you're like a faggot. And I'm like, well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> یادم باشه یادت باشه دروغ نگیم بخم دیگه دوستم داری دوست دارم اینو چشامون بخم دیگه شمی توی سقف خونه یادم باشه روشن کنم یادم باشه فقط برات رخت عروسی تن کنم Welcome back to another episode of We wanted to preface this with a content warning. Uh, We discuss issues affecting queer people and also there is some gender discourse. So wanted to put that out there. And without further ado, please enjoy the episode. This is how you know we have an influencer on the podcast. (laughs) Listen, it's so funny because when I started to like actually create content and like do work, I was like, okay, I can't just like rely on the sun. (laughs) Like usually I would just take photos in front of the window and call it a day. But now I've just been getting into the ring light moment. All right. Tell me when we're on the record. Um, yeah, let's, always, let's get something you have to learn about us is that we're always on the record. Honestly, I'm down with that. <laughs> I would never say anything that I wouldn't say again, at least for the most part. That's, that's bullshit. But like, yeah, that, that's what me, me and Millie said when we first started making the podcast. We're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. <laughs> and low key, we've like had to cut shit out of episodes that we already had posted. Cause like, yeah, we had to go back how to handle me. the truth. Uh, okay. All right. Well, here we are. Well, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode, Persian Girl Podcast. We'll just um, also, when this is coming out, it's going to be Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So, Happy Valentine's Day, guys. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> how are we feeling? For the record, I, I've made it into my first relationship and still managed to be single on Valentine's Day for the 25th year in a row. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. We're, listen, Thank this you. Is my, it's this just is a my talent. First, <laughs> it's just my first official balance. No, this is my second official Valentine's Day with a significant other, but I literally... For the longest time, even still, like my boyfriend was like, "What do you want to do this weekend?" I was like, "I just want to fucking get McDonald's and just drink, and like that's that's the plan. I don't want to get shit. I don't want to like celebrate it. It's a very weird moment, I think. Even if you're in a relationship, it's I don't know." Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's get all into this, but first, um, let's introduce you oh, yes. to everyone listening. Cyrus, yes. well, Cyrus Vasey. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, actually. Well, it, no, you pronounce it perfectly. Nike? I actually also say Vasey, and then I Vasey. actually go by Cyrus. I like. I oh, you do Cyrus? Okay, I like yeah. Cyrus. I always, <laughs> yeah. No, I have a relative, like an uncle named Cyrus. Yeah. Um, so okay, so now I'm happy we're gonna do Cyrus. That's more authentic. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's um, more authentic. I feel like Cyrus 
just like saying Iran. It's well, just, it's like, so funny because like I know a lot of other Iranians that like go by Cyrus, like in the U.S. But I always did Cyrus, and I they prefer Cyrus. It. They prefer Cyrus. Well, I think that's also like some assimilation bullshit where they've been like told that Cyrus is too hard yeah. to say. Versus now, I it's feel like it's I kind will... of like how Fairy Dune became Fred. Yeah, <laughs> or like. I don't even know. Like, there's so many weird transitions. Anyway, yeah, Bob, no, I Bob do see. Bobak is uh, Robert. And that's my dad's name, which is so funny. And he literally, he made Robert his middle name. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I do see who's and I also <laughs> make people do it now. Because I'm like, you can fucking pronounce my name. Except for if I'm like Starbucks, I just like yeah. make shit up. I'm like, whatever. Make shit up at Starbucks. It's funny. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. So... You are, I was trying to understand like how to introduce you. You're just like, like a really beautiful person on the internet and you guys, I don't understand you. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, keep going. No, we I, have like a, a skincare guru, legend, um, beauty advocate, wow, yeah. everything. And that's coming um, from Millie who considers herself a skincare expert so yeah i don't often compliment like compliment people's skin so this is like a big one i never even get to talk about how much i love skincare on the podcast Wait, so. that, i didn't know that that's amazing first of all it's the i think this is the best intro i've ever had in my life and so thank you and i'm also very flattered <laughs> that you as a skincare expert think and it's been a journey that we can talk about but yeah i can also i'm like um the way that i like to describe myself is my full-time job is I'm a creative strategist and a marketer. So I work at a branding agency and then my passion, what I do outside is intersectional wellness. So I create content on the internet. I'm a digital creator, but I specifically focus on beauty, wellness, and fashion and how it intersects with social issues. Otherwise I don't talk about it. Otherwise. Wow. Like, that was so professional. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm like, like passing for a <laughs> You're hired. I don't even, I don't have a position, but you're hired. <laughs> that's what I do. Cause like, I've sort of tried to navigate this weird space where people on social media only know me as, you know, like a person on social media. And a lot of my colleagues at work only know me as like the person that works there. So I'm sort of in this weird middle ground, which is actually fucking dope. I really like it. No, I do like that. I hate how like a lot of people, including myself, like I try to put myself in a box that like I can only have one interest in one thing. And it's like the real magic is when you understand like how to combine all of it. Yeah. Um, You wear many hats. That's what I I like to say. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to gab and chat. I know. I'm so So, happy to have you. Like we've like I've low key been like stalking your page and following your page for a while. Like, well, that's the thing I, too. I know. What are you say? Like you mentioned that you had been following us for a while, but like out of like there's certain people who have followed us like over the past two years that like have caught my eye that I've like noticed, and your page was definitely one of them. Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> I feel very I feel very honored because I also. Yes, the feeling has been so mutual and people should know we literally like connected on Instagram. And it's funny because I always say like, I didn't, I didn't really have like Persian community or people to collaborate with or like talk to, or even just like look at content and be like, oh, I really resonate with this. And so I think like, it's so exciting that you have this podcast in this space. I'm so happy to be on because I think there's a lot of like, not only just like taboo subjects, but just like everyday normative subjects that are good to talk about. And I think that y'all are like, pushing the limit and being like, okay, it'll make people feel uncomfortable and people will say shit, but like, that's sort of the point 
Otherwise, like, yeah, at least we're getting them talking. Yeah, exactly. It's like provoking you as someone who like is listening to this. And I think that's a very important thing, especially for like Persian communities. Yeah, well, we haven't been able like I've just been dying to make an episode called Persian Gay Podcast. I don't I want someone to start that podcast, but I'm so happy that like we have found a Persian who's like comfortable to talk about. Maybe there have been other people who've been comfortable to talk about their sexuality, but like someone who is quote-unquote like not traditional i love your post on instagram today when quotes they say niche like what was the other one some of those things i hadn't even heard of what was gut check (laughs) i really is this the bullshit people say these days what is that yeah yo it's crazy it's funny because i i posted on instagram um how like language is really important i'm a copywriter at work too so i i language is a very important thing to me. So when people say things like, oh, this is too niche, let's say I'm like presenting an idea that has drag queens, they don't mean it's niche because drag is super mass. Everybody knows Mm -hmm. what drag queens is. They just mean it's too queer. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what you're saying. You're just not saying the right thing. Or like when people say, oh, this is too edgy. I'm like, you mean this is too black or like this is too person of color. Or like, Mm -hmm. if you want to say gut check, this is the best one because it's funny on Instagram or like even at work, people will be like, hey, can I gut check? Can I get a gut check on something? And it's usually about race or it's usually about sexuality. And I'm like, no, but you can pay me for my time if you're going to, if you need me to consult. Cause like I, I'm, I do consult, like I have a consulting fee. So like, it's funny. I I find a lot of loopholes in language that I I like to post about and get people (laughs) talking. (laughs) No, I like that. So tell us how you identify Great question. So I identify as queer, which means that I sort of fall under the umbrella of LGBTQ. But, you know, I think for the sake of most people, they would understand that I'm gay, like I'm attracted to men. But I don't identify as gay because I think queerness encapsulates more than just me being attracted to a cisgendered man. I'm attracted to like all men. And also, I don't think that my sexuality is just limited to men, you know, like, I think attraction is very fluid. Um, and so for that reason, and for the reason that my gender is also an expression, I use queer. And then I identify as non-binary, which just means that, like, I never grew up feeling totally like a man. I never grew up feeling totally like a woman. I sort of felt in this weird matrix. Sometimes I'm on one scale. Sometimes I'm on another scale. Sometimes I'm like, I present more masculine, sometimes I present more feminine. So I use he pronouns and I use they pronouns, which is a very, very like triggering thing, I feel like for like Persian communities. So it's always fun to mm-hmm. talk about. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, I'm Persian, Persian American, born and raised in Boston, And where are you from? Oh, born in Boston. Born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts in Brookline. And then I moved to New York like five, uh, four, four, four years ago after I graduated, I went to undergrad at Tufts University and I studied sociology and I minored in mass communications and media. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah a lot Very of our listeners, job. I feel like, no, no, it's good. I, it's interesting because like, I think we have a really wide array of listeners from like all, yeah. you know, walks yeah. of Persian life. So like, who knows? I mean, there could be someone who like has never even heard things like queer before is listening to this. And yeah. Or um, they know. So yeah. like, yeah. I like to say too that like before even getting into a conversation, and I think we talked about this too before, right? That like for me, I also consider myself an educator in some senses. Like I will never come at a person um, unless they're being like violently 
racist or toxic or just saying things that like, I don't even need to respond to, but I'm always of the side of like, I would prefer people to ask me questions, even if they think the question is stupid or to talk about topics that they're uncomfortable with, because I truly try and create a space to like not judge that person when I'm giving it my attention. So, you know, I think a lot of Iranians have, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but like they've asked me questions about my gender and my sexuality, older generations, family, friends, and it's a, it's a learning experience. I don't expect people to get it. I don't expect people to understand it. And honestly, like, I don't really expect people to respect me. I don't really care. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, if you're going to say something that's rude or harsh, like you're going to say it, I'm not going to change your mind. So it's about like creating a space of like, if you are willing to hear me out, this is what I have to fucking say. So there's this Azealia Banks quote that I love. That's like, I know she, I'm sorry. She's my problematic queen. Whatever oh no, fuck. she's a problematic fave. Uh, Go in. Yeah. She's like, your problems with me are not my problems. They're your problems. <laughs> yeah. Like, love that. yeah. Like it's cool. And also like we're living in a fucking pandemic. People are crazy. Like you're going to like, we're all going to die. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I'm like, it genuinely. I'm making that the intro. <laughs> It doesn't, nothing fucking matters. And it's so funny. I know. I don't I even feel about- <laughs> like, is this real life? Like, and it's like and the amount of times up. my friends have said, like, this is like the craziest matrix. Like, we're just like living in like this, like, like this, it's just not real. No, it's not. And I've also like, it's, it's a so simulation. Funny. I think too, like, if you experience some form of trauma at like a young age or like some sort of like discrimination at certain point, you sort of like reach your max and you're like I'm done like I, I'm good like I'm all it's like when you cry so much you have no man, like no more mm-hmm. tears. Like, oh yeah oh, like nothing I reached to that me yeah, yeah you just I'm, run out of fucks to give I, ask Millie she ran out of fucks like what like 20 years ago <laughs> and it doesn't mean that like I don't get hurt when people say like mean shit on the internet it's like I'm a person like I'm gonna feel it but then it two seconds later I'm like I'm a fucking bad bitch I have sponsorships I'm getting paid like you know what okay, I mean then I go through we the talk about where like, you get the most hate because for us I yeah. think we got the most hate on TikTok like people on TikTok do not give a shit about hating on you no like, no maybe maybe w- these kids are ruthless <laughs> like I don't know I just I've never seen yeah I'm happy to have another so millennial back on the podcast <laughs> like finally have someone our age <laughs> these gems people are hard to deal with why are, and they're so impressive I they know. sound like they adults so bad about myself <laughs> it's really crazy these kids have learned I mean they've grown up with the internet in a way that is so unique right like it's it's what they know it's how they communicate so I think for me you know, it's funny because on TikTok, I actually, yeah, sure. I've like, I've gotten some comments. I mean, I'm more active on Instagram and I'm more political on Instagram. And I've also gone viral more on Instagram. So my content's been, you know, featured in publications and magazines and influencers and even some celebrities that I'm friends with have shared a lot of my content. So I get a lot of my hate on Instagram. And like, I would say 80% of the time it's from men and then I would say like 60% of the time of those men, it's like fucking Iranian men. It's literally Iranian men who will find my platform. Yeah. Well, I'm and sorry. He- this is what I want to talk about where you yes. get the hate from. So I know you're going off, but I just need to cry. This Go has off. been like an unhinged week for me. I'm like feeling Go some in. type of no way. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like some of these mainstream Persian meme pages 
that like claim to be whatever first off i fucking hate the term tolerant fuck you oh wow you have to tolerate me right no no um yeah (laughs) so like can we talk about this story or are we gonna get canceled i don't care no one's paying us who cares yeah we don't have sponsors nobody can cancel us we can yeah. keep doing this. We're like the Persian Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> Yo, I'm dead. That's okay. This is, I'm so glad that we're talking about this right now because I think it's the thing that I feel the most visceral about is that like there are these very, very like influential in quotes Instagram accounts that are run, I think, by Persian people. It's like there are a few, we all know them. I'm not going to name them, but like we know which ones are really big, right? So I think, mm-hmm. you know. For example, a couple months ago, I created, I was home with my family and my parents are fucking chill. Like they're so dope. They've been so supportive of me and my gender and my sexuality and my experiences. Like it's, it's just been crazy. I'm very lucky. So like I create a lot of content with them. Yeah. And I create a lot of content with them and I posted this, um, this video that got really viral. And one of the really, really big, like the main big Persian influencer account, like reposted me. And I was like, whatever, like, that's hilarious. And I started to get hundreds of followers and then it went viral. And then I got like, I think it got over like 800,000 views and like hundreds and thousands of likes and comments. And like, all of a sudden I got an influx of like Persian men telling me to like die and like telling me like all this shit that when I'm reading it, I'm dying of laughter because I'm like, who is like (laughs) Mohsin who's telling me that like, I'm going to be like, I, and it's so funny because I, I always know of like what's out there, but because I'm, I think so highly of myself of, as a person and I respect myself so much, I don't succumb to it, but it was so much that I was like, yo, this is really overwhelming. And then I'm I just think trying myself, to imagine like the stupid names of like the accounts, like Elon oh number one. I know it's like Ercole four, five, nine, like thinks you're like a faggot. And I'm like, well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah crazy. that's the point like it's and so what then but then the issue for me is that I go back and I actually dm'd this Instagram account and I was like hey listen like I'm so like thanks for featuring me like we had communicated back and forth this account credited me like it was all good and then I was like hey like I'm getting a ton of backlash from like people and like I, I don't know like would you ever be open to like talking about queerness in the and then a second I'm like, I get ghosted. And then the, the account unfollowed me. And I was like, yo, that fucking sucks. Cause there's no other, there aren't other platforms that are Persian. It's like, we work so hard in this very like white social media space to have platforms that are Persian. And then it's so, so devastating when it's like not inclusive or nuanced or intersectional. It's like, they used my content cause it was fucking funny. And because I create great content, but the second it was about my identity and my safety, they were like, I'm out. And I think that's mm. where the issue is is because we don't have like safe spaces to be popular and to get visibility and then also stay protected from those same platforms. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's disappointing, but it's yeah. kind of like- I feel like it's something like, I even yeah, I know, see. Uh, like, sorry, Millie. <laughs> I'm like culturing you for free. Like, it's okay. We don't, That's you don't my, need to yeah. know about me, but- my My only issue- is really but again, I can see how that's like, not progressive so. well at the same time it's also like my it's my creative property like it's it, it's I think it's reflective much more of like a societal issue of how we like co-opt funny things that relate to more people but then the second that it like involves identity or something that's transgressive from that population you you no longer become an entity you become a target and I think that that 
account, like no fault on them, no tea, no shade. Like they're probably just not going to talk about queerness ever because the majority of their followers are probably like homophobic, transphobic people. And again, like, I'm not saying that all Iranians are homophobic and transphobic. I just think that the culture that we've perpetuated does exacerbate around gender performance and sexuality. And we all know it's so funny because someone wrote, I wish I knew what their Instagram name was, but you know, when I was getting all this hate, someone said something like our ancestors are will like spit on you. And it's really interesting because this person- It's like, actually, no, most of our ancestors were actually we're gay. Queer I'm fuck. sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. and it's funny. Have you seen, <laughs> my, have my you seen mom, those drawings? <laughs> yeah, but my it's mom like- mom has one said to me, she knows more Persian men in the Persian community that cheat on their wives with other men than other women. Yeah. And that's, and you, that's just coming from my mom who, that's just the tea that she hears. Like Totally. And it's it, it's it, not- no, it's but even from a more historical. Yeah, exactly. It's we, I mean, it's funny because I always tell people, I'm like, you know, there's the, an incredible book. It's, I think the title is uh, Women with Mustaches and Men with, um, God, I can't remember the title right now off the top of my name, but it talks a lot about essentially the way that homophobia has been imported, right? So like historically, when we talk about sort of like 19th century, like pre-modern Iran, we have beauty norms and we have gender norms that are so transgressive to what's like been adopted, right? And sort of like this contemporary culture that is now diasporically and, you know, embedded into many different countries where Iranians live, specifically mm-hmm. the US. So when I think about it, I'm like, no, my ancestors were probably so proud of me and are probably so in line with the way that I've expressed myself from a creative standpoint. Um, and so I don't know. And I think people also, it's like funny, they always try and like, misgender me to like get me annoyed and I'm like yo I could literally fucking care less what? like it it just oh, I'm women like it doesn't mustaches and men without beards by absolutely and men without beards yes. yeah it's it's, yeah. it's a fantastic book it 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 sort of surfaces again sort of the way that one of my followers actually wrote about this it was like the way that this homophobia and this transphobia is imported and our ancestors have no business and have no sort of you know trajectory in terms of the way that history has gone through of being homophobic and being sort of really, really, really rigid in terms of having a binary of like gender. Really interesting. I mean, I, I still like to learn about it and think about it. Um, I have something to say, but Natalie, I think you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say something in regards to like the hate that you were getting and like, and like also in regards to like the hate that we get sometimes it's just like, why are you coming to my private page and like hating on it? Like nobody asked you to be here. Nobody asked you to follow me. Nobody asked you to watch my TikToks or like my memes or my videos. Like I'm not, I'm not privately, I'm not DMing you, bombarding I you know. with my content. No. You chose to come nah. here. No, 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 baby. But, but that's how you know it's. <laughs> literally, that's what I say to myself. Like they're literally like <laughs> is not, is no joke. Like they, they just, they, they're they're gonna troll it's gonna happen you're on the internet like (laughs) you know like literally some of the people i'm like i'm like you don't like our memes or like our tiktoks have you listened to our podcast like i just thought to myself imagine how much you would hate the podcast if you read just our memes like it's like this is our page this is our podcast me and natalie's joke about like Muslim oh, Persian Muslim girls being Persian pretty girls apparently is like per- Jewish Persian girls. Yeah, apparently oh, we're perpetuating another Holocaust. Oh, against we're, yeah, we're oh, perpetuating God. anti-Semitism. We we're apparently Jewish. we hate yeah. Jews. Listen, <laughs> I find it's so funny. It's you're never going to have like 
it's funny and also like why is being pretty everything to you like why don't you check yourself like i guess like we literally just said muslim girls are prettier we just gave it to them and it was a joke yeah no it's and it's real and like again i i always say to myself like you're gonna have robots right on instagram that are literally their bots like so i you don't i don't even respond to them i'm just sort of like this is spam and then you have people who are going to um for engagement they're just going to say shit like i i always know that there's always going to be people who can say it and then you have a demographic of people that might actually be like sort of capable of self like self-reflection and also being self-aware and having a conversation and i i, I sort of try and whenever I do give emotional labor, which essentially just means like me giving up my time to explain something to a fucking idiot or like someone who's like a bigot, I try and do it towards the people that I think I could actually maybe, maybe, you know, have an impact on. But now my priorities have changed. I'm like, I could give a fuck. I now am focused on making sure that other young Iranian people, especially like young queer people and young trans people feel like there is representation and feel like there's a person that they can actually talk to and not resort to, for me, when I was younger, only having to look at a bunch of white gays who I didn't relate to and a bunch of like white gay people talk about how it gets better. Meanwhile, like my work, my life was getting like progressively worse in terms of my mental health. Like my priority is to be there for those people because I, I didn't have it. And I, and I, I think we need it. Like we do especially with Iranians. No, I do think we do. I'm actually curious. Like I, I do see how there was need for like a different kind of role model, or I'm not like sure if I'm thinking of the right word, but like, what was it for you that was missing when you like only saw like, yeah, white gays? You know, I was at my age, I was, yeah, even before that, there was so little LGBTQ representation in the media and then if there ever was, it was really, really affluent. I mean, we had Ellen, we had Anderson Cooper and like what, a couple other people. And like most of the time, gay people and queer people were always used as characters. And we're not even gonna talk about trans people who even to this day don't even have a level of the same rights as other queer people and people within the LGBTQ spectrum. So I had, um, me looking up was more like, I, I, I wish that I had had queer Persians. I wish that he, I had even other Persian like celebrities that would speak out and say something, you know what I mean? Or at least be there for me to just look at and see. Like I, I, for the longest time idolized so many people. And unfortunately like realized that they just weren't, you know, it, it was, it was what I was socialized into idolizing. Like, I love Anderson Cooper. He's so awesome. He's like this gay anchor that I'm seeing on TV. And then, you know, when I grew up, I was like, the gay white community has done very little for me. Like if anything, it's actually made me more insecure about myself because when I was in college and I was coming out for the first time and I was experiencing relationships with men, it was majority white gay men and white gay men perpetuate so much racism and homophobia and transphobia within the community that people don't know about. And that actually affects other members that feel like they're outside of those lines, which is why intersectionality is the most important thing to me because the way that one white gay affluent person experiences the world is not the way a black poor person does who's queer or who's trans, you know? And so for me, I didn't see any of that representation. I mean, like God Shifte Farhani is like, for me, one of the most incredible people. And I look up to her so much because she's an advocate for so many issues 
and go and Gushu. Like I just I I see her as my queer icon. You know, so many people are mm-hmm. like Cher and Celine and Britney. I so I like, never Gushu is like your Madonna. Yeah, like I and and sure. you know and like we're when I go to like a fucking gay club with a bunch of white gays around me, just being like, oh my god, like Britney. Actually, no shade on Britney. Britney deserves like her freedom. Like I, that, love, I saw that. Free, like free I Britney. love Britney. Like, free Britney. Let's just yeah, free Britney. Yeah, but, but fuck but, her like, whole family. Just yeah, fuck that, that shit. Especially her father. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. No, that was crazy. Maybe Britney wasn't a good example, but any of those icons that I was like, I honestly don't resonate with this person at all. Like, and and the frustrating thing was I was like, <laughs> I'm never gonna be able to explain Googoosh to these prep school kids that I go to in high school. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's I wrote this op-ed my senior year in college where I felt completely isolated and I felt completely like I didn't have a space. I felt like when I was with Iranians, I was too queer and I was too non-binary. And then I felt when I was with gay people and queer people that I was too um, different than what they assumed Middle Eastern would be. Nobody even mm-hmm. recognized that I was Persian. You know what I mean? Like nobody recognized that I was Iranian. Like they were just like, oh, like you're brown or you're Middle Eastern. And I'm like, it's it's denser than that. It is more important to me um, because then microaggressions come into play and I, I developed a really harmful um, self-reflection and self-image of myself that took me and, you know, I'm it's still taking me years to come out of. You know, it's a lot of damage. It's a really a lot of damage. And I think that there's a conversation about, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, it's hard. Everybody experiences a hard life. It's true. But I think, you know, until you're directly affected by it or until you know someone who's directly affected by it, it's never going to hold importance for you. You know, I um, I have transphobic and homophobic family, extended family. Um, I've had conversations with family and I'm very lucky again that I was super supported. But like, I, I know so many people that are in really, really devastating circumstances. Um, and so I... I count myself as one of the lucky ones. I really do. Like, mm-hmm. I really yeah, do. Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, like, the same way you feel about, I mean, I, I don't mean to say this, like, in an insulting way, but it's just, like, that there's always kind of the spectrum, like, the way you yeah. view those kids you went to school with, like, there could be someone who's listening yeah. to this who, like, their parents literally, like, want to fucking, like, yeah. have them hung for just not yeah. even being clear yeah. but just like being slightly gay i mean there's no such thing as slightly gay no. but like no it's i true. know people who yeah they're like immediate families put them under and and even like you know i who knows like the kinds of circumstances in iran it's like a different story in iran it's a different story and i also i i say to myself a lot i think that the your socioeconomic status also has so much to do with the privilege. You know, like I grew, I grew up and level of education and level of education. I think like I was, having yeah. educated parents, like that's a yeah. kind of privilege. Yeah. Mine were artists too. So they were like, they had good yeah. friends. They weren't, you know, so I think for me too, it was a matter of my, I had, I went to um, quote elite boarding school for high school. I went to a top performing private institution as a university and I grew up socioeconomically advantaged. I, I was not in a position that I needed to, A, worry about being kicked out of my home. And B, if I did get kicked out of my home, you know, I from there on, like money wouldn't have been an issue. So I, again, like whenever I talk about queer issues and whenever I talk about intersectionality, I always try and caveat it and say, this is literally just my experience because this is not the common experience. And what, when people hear about like a, a news story or when people hear about gay people or, and, and LGBTQ people, especially Iranians who aren't like exposed to it, 
they then clump it and then they think that it's all just one big experience. And so what I try and do every day is unpack it and show how it's different for this group of people, this group of people, that group of people, and just make it easy to understand. As easy as I can to understand is what I try and do. And sometimes I fail. Sometimes I, I can't do it. And some days I just don't have the energy, but um, I do it for other people like me that I wish I had, you know. No, I think that's beautiful. Like just the intention that's there is what I think matters the most. Um, Cause I also like, I don't know on the other, the flip side of this, there's also like the people who they're like gone too far woke or something, or like they feel like they have something to prove because they feel guilt about some sort of privilege. So then they go like online on these posts on social media and just start blabbing about something to like deflect from their self-hatred yeah and like that's another problem and it's like do we really need to because i feel like that's kind of what came after us about the holocaust thing like this girl was like really she seemed like very educated but like how could you really like is this really what you want to spend your time doing sorry not to like yeah like and how can you say that like like, i just think that that's another day actually trying to cause the holocaust like it's it's just like it, it goes back again i think to people just like hopping on to say things and like it's funny because I think a lot of the time the people who deflect are white people to like get rid of white guilt and to really be on top of a social issue like my friend once made a joke um he is black and we were like in a room and he's like every time I like go to say something the second I start talking like people are like "Mm, yes yes and he's like it's so awkward I'm like I haven't even said anything and it's like mostly white people are like deflecting from their guilt by being like yes I totally agree it creates such a weird atmosphere And then here's the other thing too about like cancel culture. I think that there's a difference between canceling and holding people accountable. Like, I don't think that there is like, I think cancel culture has created this moment in pop culture and in culture where like you have someone who does something and they get immediately canceled. They lose opportunities. They, their agencies drop them. They get demonetized on platforms. And then you have people that are like, the gays who are traveling to Puerto Vallarta in the middle of a pandemic, not wearing a mask and going to circuit parties, complaining about getting called out. And to me, that's accountability. Because in my mind, they it, it's this moment of being like, you don't have the power to sit there and to like get lots of money from brands and have a lot of influence and a lot of power and show off something that I, in my opinion, is really, really, really disrespectful to the, you know, hundreds of thousands of healthcare workers, the hundreds of, this is just an example. So in my mind, like that's, that's a version of accountability. It can be petty. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it can be very like, I I try and stay on the sidelines. I try and mind my business and make my bag. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like my mentality. No, I think, but that is where I, that is, no, that's like where I do think it's relevant in terms of like, influencers who like literally are kind that of about like you guys they're... being anti-semitic is like it's like it's it's it's, it's just like just it made me laugh because like it's just like so it's so not true that it's just funny and like and like i remember at first like millie millie lives to just give her opinion no matter how much she, millie wants a fatwa against her like millie is um the female uh fuck what david what's his name david dobrik larry david 
Millie is the female Larry David. Like, Millie has lived her life, like, just doing anything she wants, even if it's not something she's yeah. necessarily, like, passionate about, just because she's like, whatever, fuck it, it's going to piss yeah. people off. Like, this Good is for great. You. I want, like, Good for you. And for I me, this, this is, is my first time. Part. This is... <laughs> This Millie, you know you're loving this. Um, but this is my first time having a platform where I might piss people off. And like I obviously I have this platform, I don't care about pissing people off, but it was the first time I've really pissed someone off that hard. And like at first it was it was literally like New Year's Eve, and I'm like resp- I'm like getting ready, like putting on mascara, responding to this girl, like I'm Jewish, I'm not anti-Semitic. And Millie's like stop answering this girl like who gives a yeah. shit like let let her like fucking like blow shit out of her ass Listen, and say whatever the fuck she wants sometimes people need for the to record do that. we never had a post shared more times liked more times yeah. like yeah. like people love yeah. controversy but also like from that i've honestly learned to just be like okay people are gonna have their opinions people are gonna want to accuse you of things that you're not actually doing just because it makes them feel good it makes them feel like a social justice warrior like okay good for you yeah and and i think that like it sometimes people need to do that like sometimes i'm like oh this person has so much anger in them they have so Mm -hmm. much anger and trauma that this is what they have to do and it's unfortunate that it's being directed to me but it is what it is and it's yeah, it's not even like, about us sometimes. It's about no. them. You're and right. I was, I was, um, I was a sociology major in college and we had social justice warriors. The majority of them were a bunch of very affluent white people who, you know, studied social justice and sociology and were like doing this, the like die-ins for, you know, awareness of Palestinian rights. And I'm like, do you even really know anything about the history? Like, like, um, just to do it for the sake of doing it. And I, I I think, unfortunately, there was like a group of me and like eight other sociology majors that I was friends with out of like the hundreds of them that we were sort of just like living our own lives on campus and being like, I'm not I'm not doing things for the wrong reason. I do agree with many like social justice movements. Like I, 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 I fucking believe in social justice. Like I, you know what I mean? Like it's so ingrained in me, but I think there's a level that I think Millie goes back to your point of specifically, and in my experience, I've seen white people deflecting guilt by being overly um, uh, sort of talkative. I'll give an example. Like I, I wrote about um, this person, this trans woman who uh, is white and um, was saying really horrific things. And I called them out on Instagram and I had a bunch of like white girls reach out to me who love this trans person and was like, how could you put down a trans person? Like, blah, blah. And I was like, bitch, because they're fucking problematic. I'm like, also. I'm like, don't. And I'm also like, in my mind, I, I very rarely find problematic trans people and queer people in my community, in my circle. So I think that I this know. person happened <laughs> to be a very like right-wing person, this trans person. And I, again, very rarely see it. But I, I, I get, the, the, well, the point I'm trying to make is the people who come after me tend to be like people who are not even in the LGBTQ community. They're just people who want to call me out for the sake of calling me out and not even know what they're talking about. So there is that side. I, I, I have to say though, I don't encounter that a lot. I, for the most part, I do experience a lot of hate coming from really sort of fragile Persian men and men who are coming after me for, you know, showing my like ass on the internet and whatever. Which, I think a lot well, of them are jealous that you lived your truth and they didn't. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah, that's real. I mean, it's true. I, I feel so bad for like, again, that's why I always go to like, oh, this person must be so angry. Like if like, they're a real person, I'm like, it must be really tough. And like, it's um like social media is not the place to 
for the fan. I, I always say like I grew I grew a lot tougher through my platform um, as well. Like I'm not a I I grew up very fragile. I grew up very um, non confrontational, and I don't would say that I'm confrontational now, but I I, I feel very comfortable sort of taking in the heat because I've been taking it for a very long time so yeah. yeah no we love we love the heat here but I was friends with a trans woman who was is Republican I don't know if her views have changed um but I don't think like I that's something I should be upset about I I think like I don't know. I embrace anyone with different political views. That's just my thing. Like, I think it's dangerous that like we have, we're going to like stop talking to someone because they have opposing views. Like if they're able to have a civil conversation, like, you know, we can't like live in a bubble. Yeah. I'm on the opposite end to be honest. And that, and I totally respect that. No, and, and that's fine. No, I think like we should be able yeah. to all say this. Like, oh, I, for sure. Like, I've, I found that, um, for me, like, I can't waste my time anymore. So like, if I know, I think there's like a difference of opinion, but I'm like, if you're a fucking Republican, who's like voted for Trump, like, like you can fuck off. I'm like, I don't need to talk to you. I can maybe somebody else who is like, like, for example, I'm like, Hey Millie, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't have the energy for this. Like, but I know that like, you're good with like talking to this person. And that's like, I think a thing that happens in the world. Like, I just realized that for me, I don't need to, I don't need to explain someone why their transphobia is so real. And in my experience with a lot of like people that have opposing views, um, I actually thrived like in college and being in classes with like dialogue. Cause I love it. I love when people have different opinions. I think that there's a very, 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 um, now I see it as a very black and white line where I'm sort of like, if you, um, if you don't think I should exist, if you don't believe in like my rights, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, I, I, I like, you can, you know, everybody has the freedom to say what they want to say and what they want to do, but maybe I'll just like not, you know, waste a, the 15 minutes of, of that time trying to have a conversation with someone or pretending that I'm okay having a conversation with a person and like, maybe just go and like, like make some sweet potatoes or like go and like do my nails, you know, like I've, I've been like, I've been trying to prioritize again. It's like, I'm trying to prioritize my time to like empower people that are, more disenfranchised with me that you know I, I feel like I've done my fair share of like talking to people on all oh of course no it wasn't necessarily saying that even I guess like I just I don't think that politics should be as severe as like cutting a friendship or something over different you know what I mean like that shouldn't inter interfere true I mean um, it's, it's unless again unless their politics are literally saying like oh well well I think you should be killed yeah like <laughs> Thing, like, but yeah, I don't necessarily so, yeah. know anyone with such severe yeah. ideology. I mean, like, that's all example, I want to say. Like, yeah, no, and that's and I think that's a good I, again, like, very safe space. I think that's I think that's really but fair. Also, also, really, like something like as like me and you being just straight females. I feel like we don't encounter anyone who has such intense views about straight females. Right. That's a good point. Like, I mean, I think I don't think it's we've like, ever encountered anyone that felt that intensely about our existence. Um, I've, I've met people that felt not, intensely about I mean, my like my background and where I come from, for sure. And like those type of people I wouldn't want to associate with who like don't believe I have like my country or something has the right to exist. But like I've never like, is, I've just never had to deal with anyone that like felt that intensely. about. There me. is. Cause like the way that I see it too, is that like privilege is just a thing that exists. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So like, for example, when I say someone has privilege and being able to say that, like, 
I don't, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't, like, it's not cut and dry for me. Politics is, is a form of privilege. I mean, again, like, Millie, it's not, and not to call you out or, like, anybody out, it's more like, it's just a thing that happens versus, like, for me, I don't really have that because I I know so often that, you know, there are political parties and politics is, like, it, like my life is so political. Like, I don't have the privilege to, like, not think about politics or have politics not infiltrate my life from like who I can marry to where I can go to being discriminated against. So, so then my lack of privilege there, I think it makes me a little bit more hostile towards those situations and actually making a decision to be like, I actually, I can't be friends with someone and I really can't, you know, get along with someone that is on that side. If that makes sense. I don't know if I explained it well, but it's like, that's the way that I I tend to think about it. Like I have a friend who um, the other day was so funny. She was like, I just like, to, I just want to turn off the news. And this was during like the election and just like, I don't like, it's like, everything's going to be fine. And I was like, it's just a white girl. And I was like, yeah, girl, it'll be fine for you. Like, but like, it won't be fine for so many people. And like, you have a privilege of turning off the news and being like, I don't need this to affect me because it doesn't in some ways. But then I think the issue is some people are like, well, I, I deal with this and I deal with like, she, you know, we actually had a, another conversation where she was like, well, I deal with like misogyny. And I'm like a hundred percent for sure. You probably get discriminated against in many different ways. But again, it all goes back to intersectionality. I'm like, but for example, you may not get discriminated against for the color of your skin and your gender. Like that's the level that then it becomes much more of like a a political moment. Um, And I'm still, you know, I'm still working on like how I navigate it personally because there are things that trigger me more now than they did before. And there are some things that before I'd be super triggered by or like affected by and now i'm just like whatever you know what i mean i'm just like no all of that makes perfect sense to me and like everyone has different struggles and i i don't think it's right to like do you know what i mean like yeah just because someone has a privilege doesn't mean you should like put them down for like it's not like something to be it just means it's just just like a different experience but well yeah i just i think like i was referring to anyone who's like I, I have encountered such backwards people. Like sure, like if you've been to best if you've, friend, right. like for example, like people think, oh, LA is like super open-minded and there's like, no, like my best friend in high school, he was openly gay. And like, this was after we graduated though. And we were like in walking in Beverly Hills. And there was this like one Persian guy who we had, we both were working in fashion. We, he was one of the vendors in downtown and um, we didn't buy from him the one day that we went there. And then he saw us in Beverly Hills and like he just started like screaming after my friend and like calling him names and then like later called his grandparents who he lived with who are like super, super conservative and said that like, oh, yeah, he fucked me up the ass, like all of this stuff. Like, you know, I. Wow, yeah. So that's not even like a political thing. Like there are just people who are just flat out like homophobic and full of hate. Yeah, I don't think um, it lies entirely on politics. I think so. It's I'm just not saying person. like yeah, I don't. I don't want to have a conversation with someone who's like that Ahmad either. Like yeah, I it's I need to. Anyways, oh, and yeah. I would talk with someone who's on your level, who's on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like I, yeah. I think I would. So that's yeah, a, I mean, that's, that's a good that's, thing. That's something in. That's something important for me and Millie on the podcast is we don't want to always have people on who just agree with everything we think. Yeah. And we want people have people on who have other opinions because we want them to bring something else to the podcast that me and Millie don't bring. Because if it was just about me and Millie's conversation, me and Millie wouldn't have guests. Yeah. You know, like well, the whole point is to have other opinions. Thing. Oh, you and you should. Like my and that's the thing is like I think it's 
That's okay. the thing with most of these Persian <laughs> platforms is that they only want to have people on who agree with their like bat like. I'm That's sorry. Like they, they they try to pretend like they're so like forward thinking and they're so like right. oh we're we're not old fashioned anymore like and then they don't want to talk about certain things and I'm just like you won't even talk about it you can disagree about it on your no. platform but you won't even bring it up yeah like, and that's great and that's great because it it again it goes back to this moment where i think you and you you all should do that like right like you have this platform to do it and i think the difference there is like you know i think again privilege plays into it like like both of you in some sense if you have the capacity to speak to i don't know let's say randomly you bring on like a trump supporter or someone who's like very or not a political person but is very like anti-gay whatever it is like it, it's an, i mean reporters do this all the time journalists do this all the time they talk to people who are on a completely other spectrum it's just it's like a thing in life like for me like in my platform i'll never talk to those people i will never give them a platform i'll never give them airtime on my platform but again it's like not a big deal it's like i would rather just use that time to like you know do an instagram live with like another trans person and talk about a really cool initiative or i would use that time to like talk to another queer iranian like it it's just no exactly it's like, it's like you cool set thing. out like this is what you yeah. set out to do because you didn't you have all that set out to do this and you fucking you, should because yeah. it's because you also like in that time like will learn so much too about like the way it operates and and i think that that's yeah i've it's, even it's learned things awesome. right now from you that i didn't know about like the like community like i didn't know that there was so much like hate within the community. Oh, I could go on. <laughs> that could <laughs> be a sure whole episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew Maybe. there was some hate, like when it comes to like different types of gays, because my my friend's roommate would just like tell me things. How there's like the grizzly bears and there's the like all the types uh, bears I, and I don't otters know, and twinks. All the different types. Yeah, I fucking hate yeah, twinks. Like there's like all different types <laughs> of terminology. <laughs> As a twink, I fucking hate no, twinks. I, just, I hate white twinks. I hate uh, yeah, exactly. No, this is my thing. It's just like if I was a gay Persian guy, I would be so fucking hairy, and I know I would get shit for it. And that's just like that's. No, I'm lucky I that hate, I'm very. Like, the... Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I feel you. Yeah. And that's the thing is they also get away with a lot. Here's here's my own beef with like the. And also, beef. it's so much more easier for like white men to transition into like i don't know like i just it, white people have Middle privilege it, it, it it's really like a thing i mean i think it's like, <laughs> look at me saying that like we shouldn't hate on people <laughs> no i mean here's and here's then, what i'll like, have to say going after it's, it's more an indicative of like what like when i talk about like whenever i say on my platform like i hate white people i don't mean i fucking hate white people like some of my best friends are white i mean i hate white supremacy i mean i hate like white culture and like the way that it's like socialized us into certain things so i don't mean it literally i always just mean it from like a cultural perspective but what I will say is that like with the LGBTQ community, I think where I suffer and I feel a lot of frustration is that the queer community, because specifically contemporary queer community in the US and the way that we've basically been able to develop certain rights and develop certain visibility. The only reason, the only reason we've been able to do this is because of black trans women. And, I, and it's not like an exaggeration. It's like such a fact. Like when we go back to the civil rights movement for queer people, black and brown trans people and gender non-conforming people and drag queens were the ones who started the riots. They were the ones who threw the first brick at Stonewall. They were the ones who were dying by the hundreds and the thousands in San Francisco and cities because of AIDS, because they didn't have access to resources and they didn't have access to health. I mean, so much 
is 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 impacted by them and they're still not let into clubs they're still harassed by other queer people i mean like there's this iconic not iconic in a good sense but this video there are two incredible activists Marsha P. Johnson, she was really the mother of the queer movement. She was a black trans woman, a black gender non-conforming person, and Sylvia Rivera. And Sylvia Rivera was an advocate and an activist and took to the streets during the beginning of the gay rights movement in New York. And there is this really, really, really devastating video during Pride. It was a Pride march. And she gets up on stage and she starts talking about the reality of white privilege. And she talks about how her trans siblings are still dying and being killed and they boo her off the stage. And many consider her, including myself, the mother of the queer rights movement. And you have a, an audience, a stage, a full of gay white people booing this person off stage. It's in this documentary, um, The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson. It's on Netflix. And it's it's a really devastating thing. And, and so now, you know, I, I think that we've advanced in ways that have benefited certain populations of queer people. And I think that's what creates tension. So for example, if you're a white queer person, if you're a white gay, if you're a white gay man and you're, you have money, you, um, you have so many passing privileges that allow you and afford you to be successful. And then you also don't really threaten straight people. You know, if you're like a charming, handsome white guy, you're gay, that's yeah, okay, it's a little weird to me, but like, I'll take it. And then that's it. And then you have a very visibly black trans person who's really confusing like your idea of gender and then people get really afraid and then they get really weirded out. And that's sort of like the trajectory of how society has adapted to queerness. You'll never see, I mean, only now are we starting to see trans people on TV and getting roles and getting, even having like trans people be quoted in articles and magazines, it's very new. It's like only an and the rise of the murder rate of trans people is exponentially higher than it was years ago. And then people are fussing about same-sex marriage. Why? Because it benefits those really affluent white gay men for the most part, right? Like they mm. have the access and the privilege to that same-sex marriage, which is an institution that's so crazy to me, is, is an issue for them versus I have friends, Suze, I have friends who literally like live on the streets and escort and don't and and have been hate crimed and have no means of getting home they couldn't give a shit about same sex marriage right like they're thinking about literally surviving during the day and so i think what happens is you you know back to your point it's like there is an animosity and there is a lot of internalized issues in our community because people see it as a community of one when in reality there's so many people and so many issues that affect people differently and so I try and use my platform as a privileged person to talk about disenfranchised people and to really focus on, you know, trans people of color and trans black people and their struggles and what they need. Because maybe what they need is like a $50 Uber credit. Maybe what they need is for you to send groceries to them. Maybe what you need is for you to like stand up to them, not to fight for same sex marriage. You know what I mean? And, and again, not to say that that's not a, an incredible thing. And of course we all want to like, marry the person that we love and have the rights and be able to visit a loved one in a hospital and not have to show papers that we're married, which is issues people face. I just like to think about it of sometimes of like, it's, it's more than that. And, and I want that to be, I want there to be visibility for it because I care about those people so much. I care about trans people and queer people, specifically people of color so much because nobody will understand how devastating it is. Trans people 
it's it's insane the stories that I know and the stories that I've heard and just the fact that no one gives a shit. No one cares about them. And it's it's really heartbreaking. And I think the only thing that we can do again is to talk about it and to be honest about it. Um, and and that's what I try and do with my platform. And that's why I'm very critical of, of queer communities, just because that's how I feel. No, I think that's really important. Um, it's like how there's so many facets within Iranians, even yeah. just saying Iranian, it's like, well, I'm Persian. So right. Like how do people so totally, totally. And, you know, I think I, I think I mentioned this before, but I um I I love Iranian women. I mean, I think like both of you are such a testament to like this safe space that I've always felt with Iranian women, where it's like, yeah, once in a while, like Iranian women might say something very rarely or like, yeah, I have like fucking like old Iranian women in my family, but not even like, they're so accepting. Like they know me now and I have like great aunts and who text me like fashion shit. And I'm like, sure, I'll be that gay best friend that like you think of. And that's like the archetype. Like I'll do it because I love you and because you're making an effort in a world where like Iranian women, I think are in many ways also disenfranchised by by our community, by our culture and by expectations, I, I feel a synergy and I feel like this allyship that I think is really mm-hmm. powerful. And I just want Iranian men to also heal from a lot of trauma that they go through of having to yeah, heal. Yeah, we wish hyper- you guys healing. Yeah, like, and that's all I can say. <laughs> like, I just hope that like, there is a level of, of self-awareness that we can, we can provide, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I put Iranian women before, um, in, in terms of like, you know, family and community and people and having conversations, you know, even like with you both, if we had very stark differences in opinions, I'd love to chat about those. I think for me, it's like, I relish in those opportunities because again, you create a safe space for me to talk. And nobody's done, and, and very few people have done that in my life. So I take advantage of it to to show that there is such synergy, you know, which oh, I love. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I feel like this could keep going, but we need to stop. But just one last thing. <laughs> I personally do find it offensive when I'm someone's <laughs> like, oh, he's just like the gay best friend. Oh, the gay archetype. Like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I hate when, yeah. I don't know. I honestly, actually... I can't talk about this actually. Well, and, and it's interesting because here's the thing too. I think what happens is there is, in my opinion, a difference between sort of this archetype of the white gay person that you see that's like gas queen, like boots the house down, like all this stuff. And I think on mm-hmm. one side, people, your like internalized homophobia can work there and be like, oh my God, this person is too much. They're too flamboyant. When in reality, they could just be like living their best feminine truth. No, he but, but in my <laughs> eyes, I also see it as a lot of like white gays co-opt language and, and idioms from black women. And I'm like, you're copying well, yeah, black that's, women and you're uh, yeah. appropriating black women. Oh my I'm, God, like, yeah. you. I'm like, stop <laughs> pretending that this is like, and again, like, yeah, like queer people go through a lot of like trauma and shit, but I'm also a little bit like, you maybe don't need to do this or like you annoy the shit out of me. And also like, I've just, I've actually had like fights with like, well, maybe that is like, that is the trauma coming out when like 
you can't even have a conversation because the whole time they just keep acting like this caricature of what they think a gay person should I think act it is like. I and it's kind of like trauma. how like some women like they kind of portray themselves in this like Hollywood caricature. It's like what dumb blonde. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, look, oh like God. you should only see me. And, like, oh, no, I just meant like in terms of like their femininity being of like I thought you meant a man. I think even in terms of them like acting like a stupid dumb blonde to like, get attention. It's it's like, no, even of, like, like more literally like I mean like damsel in distress. I don't know. I mean, now I, I could sound a bit problematic, but like I don't like how some when trans do you women's what I don't like how some is trans it, do you women's not sound version of being a woman is like getting their nails painted and having blonde hair. It's like that's not what being a woman means necessarily. True, but like, like, who are we to say that like what a woman means? You know, like in my mind, I think it's different with trans women because I think like for me like there is, we're so hostile towards trans women. Why are we so obsessed with their gender? Why are we so obsessed with whether or not they're performing like womanhood? Why don't, why not just let them be? Like when I have a conversation, it's so funny. I had a conversation with my mom and she's like, like a couple of years ago, like we'd like walk down the street and she's like, oh, is that person trans? And I'd be like, huh? She's like, I think that person's trans. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, no, 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 I, I support it. And I'm like, no, I know, but like, why? like we don't need yeah to my out, mom's you know? like that too i don't and i'm like why are you also even, why are you so obsessed with it it's and, like they're horny or something and that's i think like it's also, different than millie, my... oh are you gonna no, say sorry i was gonna like disagree with millie a little bit i was gonna say my opinion is that like sometimes when someone wants to transition into something they overdo it at first a little because they're so excited about it but then over the years you can you see them like kind of level out so like they're so excited to finally wear a dress that they're like, I'm gonna wear the sparkliest, pinkest, like outrageous thing because I I want to finally show it off. So like I kind There's, of understand that's a them. Thing. Like it, but I always want to compare it to me getting my boobs done. And I'm like, I was so excited to have them done. I'm like, I want to fucking show them off. I finally have boobs. Yeah. I. But I here's feel the like thing. Girl, like, here's you know? the thing too. And a like, lot of trans people. I was a little bit more. Yeah, but like a lot. And just to add to that, I think a lot of trans people also do it out of protection. Like they don't want to get clocked on the subway. So sometimes they do have to like perform certain tropes so that they come off as feminine. Mm-hmm. So someone doesn't look at them and say, they don't and, want like, to interrogate them and be like, yeah. oh, like, wait, mm-hmm. I think that, and you know what I mean? So I think sometimes too, it's like, yeah. it's, it is a, it's like a body of armor. Um, but I just going back to the situation with this like white gay boy situation, which I think is very different. I think mm-hmm. in my mind, they're probably like performing some trope because they feel like that might get them accepted. And I find that that's the case a lot of the time with like white gay people as they begin to like discover their identity, um, which is very interesting. So honestly, Millie, like go off on that person. I support it. (laughs) I never support (laughs) bullying of any kind. So I won't say that, but I think having a critical view or having a critical eye is also an important thing, especially when you're in the presence of queer Persians where like, we never get attention. Like when I go to a fucking club and I wanted like, again, I'm now seeing someone, but like when I was going out and like trying to find guys, like white men, white gay men are so fucking racist too sometimes. And they're like, oh, like I'm going to fetishize you. Or like, you're so like, you look like, and I'm like, fuck off. Like, I don't need you to like fucking talk to me about my fucking like curls. I need you to make out with me or I need you to like, like talk, like, I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't need can this. I, can I, I just I say love- I love your curls though. And I kind of want to wear my hair. Like, like, oh my God. I love like your curls are amazing. Like I want to like, wear so my hair like yours. I'll, I'll give you my hair care regime. 
for sure. But yeah, yes. you know what I mean? Like, it's like a very. No, I know what you mean. I've never had, I've had like, I have many gay friends, but I've never had white gay friends really that I'm close with. So like, I only know this experience you're describing. So like, I've yeah. heard it. I, I have know. a couple of white gay friends. They know who they are. They're, they're, they're near and dear to my heart. And again, they're very like actively understanding of their privilege. And that's why I love them. But yeah, how I fun feel was like this? This was really fun. I'm, I'm so happy we got to have you on. I know. I hope I didn't Honestly, just like Honestly, I've, I've never had an totally. episode go by so fast. Yeah, I feel I, like we talked like, for a while. I'm sorry if I just rambled. I feel like I just had a lot to say. Stop. Why are you apologizing? Oh are you no, kidding? We <laughs> love, like, love when our guests have the most to say. Like, yeah. like that's why that's why we have people. Sometimes we're about to have people on. And I'm like, oh, my God, do they have anything to talk about? And Millie's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be like. But, like, we were not worried about you. Like, I was so excited. Well, if you ever want to do a part I'm just two. really excited to, like, oh, my God, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> I'm very like, lucky. I feel very just, privileged to be on here. You brought like a voice that we didn't get to have on yet. And we're so happy to have that. So thank you. I welcome you all for haters on. for anybody hearing this. I welcome all haters. I welcome yes, you. Please plug like yourself so the haters can find yeah, yeah. you. So you can find plug me on Instagram so and TikTok you. at SeduceVayC. Please come after me. If you comment shit, if you like shit out of spite, I'm still going to get engagement and I'm going to get brand deals. So honestly, yes. do me a favor and that, and that will be great. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Salamati. Salamati, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again, Cedrus, for coming on. Yeah, thank you for coming on, Cedrus. We'll hopefully see you again. Yeah, listen, you all let me know when, you know, this world becomes a little bit safer and you're in New York and we can get, like, Choi in the park or... Well, I live here, so... Wait, oh my God, right, wait, where are you again? Yeah. I mean, I live in Long Island, but I work in Manhattan, and I'm always in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, work. Yeah, we'll figure something out, and then Millie, <laughs> when you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone finally come back, put me in cargo, like get to me. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.